Hey everyone, this is Dr. Nick Hoffman at the Marist School. Welcome to Tales from the Social Studies Department, the podcast where the students tell you the stories that they wish were on the curriculum. What's going on, guys? It's Nate, here with my friend. Hi, everyone. It's Will. And today, we're going to be going over one of the most iconic fast food chains of all time. Raking in a revenue of $23.2 billion and a net income of $7.5 billion uh, annually with 38,000 locations in over 100 countries. I'm sorry, did you say 38,000 locations? Yeah, you said it. I mean, I said 38,000 locations in over... That is crazy. I don't know if you heard me, but in over 100 countries. The powerhouse of the fast food industry, McDonald's. Indeed, those beautiful golden arches. I love to see them. Don't you love it when you're driving by and you just see a McDonald's? And that iconic M with those two arches is just above everything else in the area. It just tells me that I'm, I'm ready for a Big Mac. I'm ready for that. I'm I don't know about that food. choice of meal, but we can get to that later. So, Nate, you want to hit us off with the history of McDonald's? Because it's pretty important in American history, is it not? Yeah, so the history of McDonald's actually goes all the way back to 1940. World War II had just begun in Europe at this time, and tensions are rising everywhere. So the U.S. hadn't joined yet? No, the U.S. had not joined, but they joined shortly after this. Believe it or not, though, McDonald's didn't actually start as, like, your typical fast food restaurant that you see today. No it way. It was a barbecue joint. No way. The McRib was in McDonald's the entire time. Actually, no. Me. The McRib has not always been in McDonald's. What? I know. It's crazy. You'd think it would have been, though. I think I would have. McDonald's was started by Dick and Maurice McDonald in San Bernardito, California in 1940. Quickly. The brothers realized they were making all their money from selling burgers, though. That's when the idea of McDonald's looks like now came about. Also, they learned how much um, quick service was important to their customers, and quickly they closed their restaurant, and they made their speedy service system. You heard me right. Speedy was actually the name of their service system. So this was kind of, let me guess, kind of a reinvented, innovated assembly line, right? Well, by the name Speedy Service System, it actually meant... Triple S. Yes. It actually meant Fast Service System. It's like a synonym. Oh, hence the rise of fast food. Yes. So how many burgers do you think they can make in a minute? I actually do not know how many burgers they can make in a minute. But um, with this new Speedy Service System, they turned their menu into only three things. They turned it into a burger, fries... And shakes, mm-hmm. but and the shakes part is uh, what brought in Ray Kroc in 1961. Ray Kroc actually was um, he worked in the milkshake like machine business, and it caused him to look into McDonald's. So the McDonald's milkshake brought Ray Kroc. Yes. All the way in. You heard that right. That is crazy. <laughs> it's nuts. The predominance of fast food restaurants quickly changed the food supply chain all the way down to the farmer. McDonald's became the single largest buyer of beef, pork, potatoes, and apples in the United States. So they wouldn't buy from local farms? No, because local farms could be different. Like, you might go... Oh, yeah. 
But if you bought from the same huge farm over and over and over again, you could get similar to almost identical quality in all foods. And so I think that actually was the problem with Ray Kroc with the French fries because he went to 50, I think, different locations across the United States, and yet every single one of them had different fries from different local farmers, right? Right. So correct me if I'm wrong, but he uses the Idaho potato in 1967. He changes the entire game. Buying over 6 million pounds of the Idaho potato, and not only is he buying it before it came in season, he's also preserving it in a $3 million refrigerator um, compound in order to make potatoes continuously across the United States. And so this really does change the game, right, Nate? Um, I didn't correct you because you're correct. Perfect. (laughs) Um, Well, it's a good thing I'm right. And this system that McDonald's put into place, even though McDonald's wasn't actually the first fast food restaurant, do you know what it is? Um, Wrong. It was White Castle. <laughs> However, other um, fast food uh, burger joints um, became an outgrowth at McDonald's. Burger King is one of the best examples of it. The Burger King? Yeah, in the same year Ray Kroc visited the original McDonald's, James McLemore and David Edgerton visited as well. They both... They were both graduates of Cornell University, the same school as Andy Bernard. And Andy Bernard from The Office. Yes, from The okay, Office. Okay, thank you for clearing that up. And they, and they had to take a course in hotel administration. I think what's interesting about these two is that Edgerton actually starts off the Burger King franchise in a small town outside of Miami, Florida. And what's actually really cool about this is this is the only spot in which McDonald's hasn't gotten to. Florida was one of the very few states that McDonald's was in, and actually being influenced by McDonald's, you see Edgerton buy two small burger joints. Do you want to know what their names were called? No. (laughs) It was Insta Burger King. So, I know, kind of a weird name, but the Insta Burger King soon becomes very, very hard for Edgerton to maintain. And so, there's actually a lot of profit decreasing. They didn't start out good. They actually... With his two locations, he sees a huge decrease in sales. So he's getting investors, right? And that's when you mentioned him already, McLamar comes in. And so what sells him on investing into Edgerton's Insta Burger Kings is one thing. Do you want to guess what that was? Hmm. Wrong. It was the Insta Flame Broiler. So this creation, this innovation by Edgerton was able to create patties and put them on a chain that would put them through a conveyor belt, sort of, that would cook them with the flame. It cooked the patties, and this would be hugely innovative compared to McDonald's, where they would just be cooked on a griddle. So this also gave a little bit of charcoal flame to the burger and making the burgers a little bit meatier and able to eat better. The only problem with this invention is that they had no one to sell it to. <laughs> it wasn't popular at all. And so it was actually really ironic Considering the fact they can make 100 burgers in just a matter of 15 minutes, yet they can only sell 2 to 30 within the hour. I can see that could be a problem. I mean, after all, you want to sell what you make. Indeed. Yeah. And food goes bad. So if they don't get this fast food that's just been created out in a matter of minutes, it's ruined forever. Well, that could be bad. But, hey, speaking of that, I have a quick note from our sponsors. History is filled with almost, with those who almost adventured, who almost achieved, but ultimately for them to prove to be too much. 
Then there are others, like Ray Kroc, the ones who embrace the moment and commit, like when you bought McDonald's. And in these moments of truth, these men and women, these mortals, just like you and me, as they peer over the edge, they calm their minds and steal their nerves with four simple words that have been whispered by the intrepid since the time of the Romans. Fortune favors the brave. Wow. Crypto.com. What a great message from our sponsors. Everyone, please go check them out after this podcast. But let's continue on with a little bit more history of one of the only competitors with McDonald's, InstaBurger King. So, after McLaren invests into InstaBurger King, they focus solely on expanding and growth. However, their profits continue to dwindle. Losing more and more money each year, Burger King, or InstaBurger King, needs someone to buy them out. So Pillsbury, vote, <laughs> Pillsbury actually buys them out for $140 million and provides them the needed money in order to continue the business. Edgerton steps out and McLaremore plays a bigger role. And also, one of the key inventions of the century in fast food was created at Burger King. Nate, do you know what that was? Was it the drink machine? No. Dang. Let's think. Let me just describe it to you. Imagine a meaty patty with two sesame seed buns. Mmm. Delicious. Sorry. With a little bit of a homemade blend of sauce, some lettuce, some onions, and some cheese. Wow, I'm hungry. A full course meal. The Whopper. The first ever specialized burger in fast food. Isn't that crazy? Crazy. So... What do they have? What does Burger King have that McDonald's doesn't? I don't know. They have a specialized meal. So they go on to huge commercial advertising, and this is the first ever advertised food in this manner, challenging McDonald's and any other fast food restaurant that doesn't have a specialized burger. And so because they have this, this full meal, McDonald's only has a small, thin burger patty, and they can't compete. Burger King soon sees a huge influx of sales, and Ray Kroc being the man that he is, turned to try to find something that would provide a full course meal for all of McDonald's people and consumers to eat. So, inspired by the special creation, he travels across the United States to try to find this new creation. And what do you think he finds? Does he find chicken? <laughs> no, he does not. Dang. He, let me give you a little hint, though. He travels all the way to Ohio and Monford Heights, Cincinnati, which was 87% Catholic. Is it the filet of fish It is the filet of fish the first ever new menu item on McDonald's ever since their established menu. This beautiful creation. It's a patty with two sesame seed buns, or with a sesame seed bun, a fried batter of fish, with a little bit of tartar sauce on top. Mmm. If that doesn't scream delicious on Fridays during Lent. So. I mean, fast food fish is just always something I'm looking for, so. I know. I, I can see why that market so is there. Definitely. And also, there's another creation that he finds a little bit later on. Because the filet fish was good, but it's not enough. So, Nate, you want to take that away with this new creation? I'll give you a little hint. In a small town in Pennsylvania, a man named Jin 
a man named Jim Delegati had just created this. Was it the Big Mac? It was the Big Mac. So, this could finally compete with the Whopper. The bottom bun had a slice of cheese, a little lettuce, little onions, with a burger patty. And then instead of topping that off with a sesame seed bun, he puts another bottom part of a burger of a burger bun on top of that. And then adds, yet again, another burger patty and some sauce. This was a full course meal that was able to compete with the Whopper. Now, what do you think Ray Kroc actually named this? What do you think he wanted this name to be for the Big Mac? The Big Mac? No. <laughs> no, he actually wanted it to be called the Aristocrat. Kind of weird, right? Or also the Blue Ribbon Burger. Uh, I don't know why he decided on this, but it's not as catchy. In fact, clearly. It, clearly, no one on the panel likes it, and his secretary actually suggests the name of the Big Mac, and hence the Big Mac is born. So there's huge commercial advertising, and guess what happens, Nate? Everyone wants a Big Mac. Everyone wants a Big Mac. Commercial, I mean, I kind of want a Big Mac right now. I want to. I am so hungry. Right? Can I go to McDonald's after this? I'm down. So, but after the Big Mac creation, there's huge commercial advertising targeting Burger King, targeting all these things, and McDonald's just pulls away, leaving them in the dust. And you can even see that internationally, as you mentioned. You, how many locations are there? How m- there's over. It was like thirty-eight thousand. Thirty-eight thousand locations. Thirty-eight thousand. So it just shows while Burger King has half that number, how McDonald's pulled away solely because of this innovation and solely because of the fact that McDonald's, everywhere you go in every state in every country, has the same Idaho fry, and that same taste. Hey, and you know, with the huge commercial advertising, you know the famous slogan of McDonald's. What? I'm loving it. Oh, I'm loving it. Bada bum 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 bum. Oh. That came out in 2001 as a huge advertising campaign for McDonald's. Bada ba ba ba. And McDonald's also didn't want to slow down in the locations outside the United States when they saw an international market available. Really? So my question would be, how would they train all these people? Like, where would they do this? How would they do all this if they have all these locations and it's all uniform? So McDonald's wanted to have a school for their mm-hmm. um, employees, but you know how as creative McDonald's is, they called it Hamburger University. <laughs> like hamburger? Yeah, like hamburger, like Perfect. the food. Hmm. Well, when McDonald's went global, it all started in 1967 when the um, the first country they were open the first country they were open in was Taiwan. The US, or, no, Canada. Canada. Our neighbors up north, eh? Wow. Didn't see that coming. Yep, and now McDonald's is is in over 100 countries and nearly 120. And these countries are pretty much, they could be any country you can think of. And I believe the most recent country they've opened in is Kazakhstan. Wow, that's crazy. Home of Bora. I think what's crazy about McDonald's is that from the beginnings of American history, they've influenced all these other fast food brands to be speedy, fast, and uniform. However, as we see now with them expanding across countries... They're branching out and they're diversifying. So we see, like, for instance, there is the 
what is it called? The it's the bacon macaroni and cheese toasty out of Hong Kong. Yeah, so I don't I don't know if I would want to eat that, but I'm sure that just them expanding over them, they're gonna have more of these flavors and different creations, which is ironic considering that it was built on the premise that every McDonald's you go would have the same type of meals. Yeah, and this is this is throughout the world. So, anyways, that's all of us on McDonald's. But Nate, what's your favorite McDonald's order? Um, the quarter pounder with cheese, just mm. cheese and ketchup. I like a medium fry just with that. Just cheese and ketchup? Just cheese and ketchup. Uh, I don't like the other stuff. Alright, here is the best. There's two things I either go for. Sausage and eggs and cheese McGriddle with that syrup infused bun. Or I just go for a large fry with an Oreo McFlurry and I can dip my fries in it. Actually, I prefer the M&M McFlurry. Mm, we're going to have to disagree on that one. But I'm anyways... Right Thank you for tuning in to Will and Nate's podcast, and we'll see y'all next time. Peace. Tales from the Social Studies Department is a podcast of the Marist Podcasting Experiment and executive produced by Dr. Nick Hoffman. All views expressed herein are the views of the podcaster and not of Marist School, Dr. Hoffman, or the Social Studies Department at Marist School. Thank you.